Let's pray together as we come to this next bit of Luke's Gospel. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making it blood and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. Father, thank you so much that as your word is read and preached, you speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we pray that as we hear your voice, help us not to harden our hearts. Help us to be good soil. And we pray that your word would bear fruit in our lives according to your good purposes. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Do you think of yourself as a good listener? Do you think of yourself as a good listener? Um, All of us appreciate being with people who are, don't we? Uh, we? We love being with people who take a genuine interest in us, who want to hear what we're talking about, who listen to us. Um, Earlier this year, someone bought me a book on pastoral ministry, and one of the key skills that the author talks about in that book is learning to listen well. And I I realized as I I read that chapter, that's definitely something I need to get better at. Um, I I confess, sometimes in conversations, I'm not sort of really listening. I'm just waiting for an opportunity to say the thing that I want to say next. Sometimes I can be distracted, especially if there's a screen in the background, or really especially if that screen is in my own hand, not giving the other person my full attention. So I've been trying, not very well, to become a better listener. Not just thinking about what I'm going to say next, but really trying to listen to what the person is saying, uh, being attentive, making sure they've got space unhurriedly to, to be able to tell me what's going on. When it comes to other people, listening well is essential for good relationship. But what about when God is speaking? How good are you at listening when he speaks? That's what this passage in Luke 8 is all about. It's all about hearing. The word is used nine times. The big thing Jesus wants us to do this morning is there in verse 18. He tells us, consider carefully how you listen. Consider carefully how you listen. That's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, We're going to look at what Jesus says in two parts. We'll spend most of the time on the first. And this is what Jesus says, verses 4 to 15. Use your ears. Verses 4 to 15. Use your ears. At the beginning of this passage in in, in verse 4, as news about Jesus spreads all over the region... There's a growing crowd that have gathered around him. People from every town in the region have come to listen to Jesus preach. Now Jesus, in verse 1, he's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And alongside that, Jesus is performing amazing miracles. We've seen lots of them already in our journey through Luke. And Jesus' miracles, they're intended to testify to the truth of his preaching. So... Jesus' unique power points to his unique person. 
shows us that Jesus really is the Messiah. He really is the king of God's kingdom who really can give us forgiveness and life in the kingdom of God. But Jesus knows lots of the people, lots of the crowd who are gathering around him, they're not really interested in listening to his message. They're there for a fireworks display. The crowd, they want more miracles, more displays of power, signs and wonders. They don't really want to be called to repentance. They want to be amazed. For that reason, at this point in his ministry, Jesus begins to teach much more often in parables. Parables are symbolic stories, rich in meaning, if you know how to interpret them. If you're willing to to really listen and think about what Jesus is saying. There's a very popular idea that Jesus taught in parables to make himself easier to understand. But actually, the opposite is true. Just look at what Jesus says in verse 10. He says, to others I speak in parables so that those seeing they may not see. Though hearing they may not understand. The parables, they're meant to work like a sieve. They're designed to separate the sincere listener from the casual hearer. The parables work both to reveal the truth and, at the same time, to conceal it. The parables, they do reveal profound truth, but only, verse 10, to those who are given the secrets of the knowledge of the kingdom of God. Otherwise, the parables actually conceal the truth. They hide the truth. They make Jesus harder to understand. They prevent people from actually getting it. In in, in this passage, the disciples are those who get the inside track. They get the parable explained, and the crowd, well, they're left in the dark. But why? I mean, how's that fair? Why Why are the disciples the one who, who are the chosen ones to get the explanation? And it's really very simple, actually. Look at verse 9. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. That's the difference. They asked. Unlike much of the crowd, the disciples, they're, they're not just there to hear Jesus and be entertained for a Sunday morning because they've got nothing better to do. The disciples actually want to listen to Jesus. They want to understand. And so they hear this parable and they think, we don't get it. And so they go to Jesus and they ask for more. They say, explain it to us, Jesus, because we don't get it. We, we want to understand. We want to know. Tell us what it means. And they get the understanding and the insight they seek. Because they ask. The disciples, they they recognize that they're only going to understand what Jesus is telling them if it's revealed to them. They, They need help to work out what Jesus is teaching. And so they ask. Jesus gives them the secrets of the kingdom. It's really that simple. So if I can just encourage you this, this morning, it might be that you've been coming along to church for a while, but you, you know that there's something that hasn't quite clicked about this Jesus thing. Or maybe 
there's some aspect of Jesus' teaching that you know is important but just doesn't make sense to you. Can I just encourage you? Ask Jesus. Ask him to explain it to you. Ask him to give you understanding. Ask someone else who's here if they can help you to do that. Please don't go home satisfied not knowing. Happy to go home in the dark. Ask. Seek. Find out what Jesus means. The disciples get the parable explained because they asked. That should be our attitude too if we're disciples of Jesus. Now thankfully for us, we didn't ask. But Jesus is gracious enough to explain it to us despite that. And we get the explanation too. But it's interesting, isn't it? The, the rest of the crowd, they're not really bothered. They hear Jesus, but that's where it stops. All they hear, actually, in the end, is a nice story about seeds and soils. And off they go home, still none the wiser about the kingdom of God. And it's because that's all they want. They just want to be entertained by a story. They don't actually want to know what's going on. They don't really want to listen and understand. But this morning, Jesus is calling us to respond like the disciples did in this passage. To want more. To ask him to, to reveal to us the truth. Jesus is inviting us to, to draw near. To ask him. To really listen to what Jesus is saying. To use our ears. Verse 8 Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, I know it's a risky thing for someone like me to draw attention to ears. Sadly, that cannot be avoided. Because Jesus tells us, if you have ears, use them. If you have ears, use them. Because Jesus still speaks to us today through the Bible, in the power of the Holy Spirit, just as powerfully right now as he did 2,000 years ago. And Jesus wants us to consider really carefully how we're listening to him. That's the point of Jesus' story. It really matters how we listen. Because Jesus is explaining how the same seed, the same message, can produce such different responses. If you were here last week, we saw the difference between Simon, who, who just doesn't want anything to do with Jesus, and the woman who loves Jesus. How can the same message produce such different responses? And Jesus shows us it all turns on the quality of the soil, the quality of our listening, the quality of our hearts as we listen to Jesus. And so this actually is a challenging passage because every single one of us is in it somewhere. God's word is somewhere in your life right now in this very moment. And the question is, are you listening? Are you using your ears? So let, let's look at the parable together. There's a farmer who, that's Jesus, who went out to sow his seed, which is the word of God, the, the message of the gospel that Jesus is preaching. And like the farmer just scatters his seed everywhere, Jesus preaches to anyone and everyone in every town and village. And the difference, Jesus says, on what happens to the seed depends on the soil. We 
changes the hearts of the hearers. So first, the seed falls on the path. The word is received by hard hearts. And because the path is is trodden down, it's hard soil, the word doesn't sink deep down. It just remains on the surface as it gets trampled as we walk past, or the birds come and, and eat up the seed. And Jesus says, that's exactly how Satan works with hard hearts. See, you see, Satan is opposed to the preaching of the gospel, which means every time the, go- the gospel is preached or you open your Bible, there is a spiritual battle happening, even right now. See, Satan wants to make it as hard as possible for you to listen. Creating distractions, making excuses, making you think about anything else so that he can snatch the word away with the aim of stopping people from hearing it, believing it, and being saved. I remember um, a number of years ago, I was helping at a student mission event, and I was sat next to a a student who had been invited by his flatmate, who was uh, in the Christian Union, who I knew knew quite well. So I sat on on their table, and he, he seemed to be listening throughout the talk. And at the end, as, sort of as soon as the event finished, he whipped out his phone, and I, I tried to sort of get in there, and I said to him, oh, what did you think about, you know, the talk about, about what the guy said? And he glanced up from his phone, he said, yeah, 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 it was good. Oh, have you seen Liverpool are winning? The word just bounced off. But Satan needs the right kind of soil to operate effectively. He needs a, a hard heart that doesn't really want to listen. That's why we had Isaiah 55 read at the beginning of the service, that that call from God, listen to me. Listen so that you can live. See, God is speaking right now. Don't harden your heart. Don't close your ears. Don't let Satan snatch the word away. Next, the seed falls on rocky ground. The word is received by shallow hearts. Jesus here is talking about a very thin layer of soil beneath which is rock. And so initially with these people, there's a positive response. The word makes some kind of impression on them. Maybe they even pray some sort of prayer of commitment, but it's shallow. After some time, whether that's short time or long time, doesn't matter. Something in life gets hard, gets difficult. There's disappointment, suffering, loss, hostility maybe at work or at home. Jesus calls it a time of testing, verse 13, which happens to all of us eventually. And because the soil is shallow, there's no depth to the roots. And so when the heat of testing comes they wither. They just give up. Because the word didn't go down deep. I guess we probably all know people like that, don't we? People who who made a profession of faith, perhaps even seemed to walk with Jesus for, for some time, only to give it up when life got hard. Now this is a danger for everyone, young or old. But let me just say to those of you who are younger, particularly, This is a particular danger for you, 
but that's why we don't rush to baptize people who are still quite young. I just want to encourage you, if you are young, use your time now to put deep roots into Jesus. Roots that mean when testing comes, you will still stand. Don't settle for a shallow, superficial faith in Jesus. Go deep, not shallow. Next, the seed falls among thorns. The word is received by divided hearts. And again, there's initial growth, isn't there? But there's lots of other things growing up alongside. And and in the end, those other things, they, they choke out the life of this little plant, depriving it of what it needs to grow. So for the person, there's an initial response to the gospel. But after a while, life's worries, riches, pleasures, just take over. And it's a gradual thing. It's a gradual choking. In the end, the plant isn't scorched. It's sapped. Gradually getting the life sucked out of them by other things that are just more important than Jesus. So they never mature. These people, they don't give up. They just sort of drop off. Sometimes that happens because for some people, following Jesus, it's just a means to an end. So people sort of think, well, I'll follow Jesus because I think that by following him, I'll get that thing that I really want. And then when they get it, they don't need Jesus anymore. Or if they don't get it, they look for something else that they think will get them the thing they're looking for. Their hearts are divided, not devoted. One of the symptoms of a divided heart is if you have time for everything except developing a deeper relationship with Jesus. Uh, I know that lots of us are busy with work and other commitments, but can I just say, if you have no time for listening to Jesus, something is wrong. It's a symptom of a divided heart. If you see that in yourself, if you see that your love and devotion to Jesus is being choked out by other things, even good things. Please will you do something about that today? Ask Jesus to help you weed out those other things so that you can grow in your relationship with him. It's not too late. You can identify that response and do something about it. Ask Jesus. Well, so far, so depressing, right? (laughs) There's four responses, and 25% of the responses just reject the gospel out of hand. And 50% of the responses, they make a commitment, but they don't persevere. Now that alone tells us something really, really important. Commitment does not equal conversion. Commitment does not equal conversion. Just because someone made a commitment does not mean they're a genuine Christian. Jesus says you have to give it some time, a time of testing, to see if that person perseveres. Does that person keep listening to God's word? Because commitment doesn't equal conversion, but persevering in listening to Jesus, well, that does. Now, I, I know that um, we tend to get pretty excited about all four responses in Jesus' parable. I do. 
right? I get excited when people are here. You know, when we have a baptism and, and there are guests here, uh, like we did it a couple of months ago, I, I'm excited. I'm glad just because people came and heard, even if they weren't really listening. I get excited when people come back from camp and they tell me about people making professions of faith. But I wonder if you notice Jesus only gets excited about one response in the parable. Jesus only gets excited about one response. The good soil. Those who receive the word with what Jesus calls in verse 15, a good and noble heart. Because the farmer is in it for the harvest. He's in it for the harvest. And at long last, the seed finds good soil, a heart ready to listen and respond and, and keep responding. A heart that is soft, not hard. Deep, not shallow. Devoted to Jesus, not divided. And with a heart like that, the word goes down deep. They retain it. It means they, they sort of keep hold of it in their hearts. They meditate on what Jesus says. And they persevere in listening to Jesus. They, they keep coming back and saying, I want to hear more, Jesus. Tell me more. And in the end, you see, Jesus says, there's an abundant harvest. A hundred times what was sown. It's incredibly fruitful. But here's the thing about this passage. Jesus doesn't just want you to understand why some people respond differently to others, why some people reject it and some people receive it. Jesus wants you to respond, for you to listen. Verse 18, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So if you're here this morning, if you're joining us online, if you have ears, use them. Listen. Respond to Jesus' call to repent and trust in him to find forgiveness and life in his name. Because the danger with a passage like this is that our minds drift to all those other people and how they're responding. We think of the person with the hard heart or the shallow heart or the divided heart. We think, oh, poor them. Tut, tut. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. If you have ears, you need to use them. Consider carefully how you listen. Because Jesus says it is very possible for you to sit here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday hearing, but never really listening. So I just want to invite you to take a moment to look at your own heart. Which soil are you? Are you listening? Or are you just hearing? Words in one ear and out the other. Jesus wants us to be that receptive good soil to let the word of God take deep root in our hearts. And Jesus gives us a massive encouragement here. Because through his word, God is powerfully at work among us right now. The word of God read and preached. It's a, a living thing like a seed with massive power. 
I mean, I mean, think of a seed, you know, small, tiny, unimpressive, weak looking, just as preaching is. It, it feels weak. It looks weak, doesn't it? But the potent power is there, ready to spring into life and bear fruit a hundred times what was sown. One seed, a hundred apples. And Jesus promises, if you're willing to listen, his word will work. It will. That's why, by the way, we make that the reading of the Bible and the preaching of God's word central to our time together on Sunday morning. Because that's how God's kingdom grows. It grows through the steady sowing of his word. And that's not just true on Sunday mornings, that's true for every other part of church life as well, because the gospel is sown as it's spoken just by all of us in ordinary life. We all get the opportunity to, to work together to sow the seed of the gospel in people's lives, inviting them to be part of Jesus' kingdom, because the word of God does the work of God. The word of God does the work of God. That's why Jesus came preaching. Jesus said, I must proclaim the good news to other towns. That's why I was sent, to preach. Jesus' ministry is focused around preaching, and so ours should be too, because the word of God does the work of God. Now, we have to be patient. Some of you who are, uh, are older than this, you, you know this much better than me. Spiritual growth takes time. It's not overnight. It's not instant, far from it, right? I mean, even think of, of uh, an apple tree. Between the sowing of the seed and a, a big apple tree producing lots of fruit, there's years and, and years of growth. It takes time. But for lots of us, when it comes to spiritual things, in that, in that waiting, waiting for that growth and, uh, and flourishing to happen, lots of us get impatient, and when we start searching for quick fixes and silver bullets that will never produce lasting fruit. Listen, you just need to know this. God is quite happy to work patiently. He's not in a rush. And his promise is that over time, the faithful, patient, persevering, preaching and listening to Jesus' words will bear fruit. It will bear fruit in your life and in the life of our church. Just keep doing it. Keep listening. Keep thinking about what Jesus says. Keep drawing near to Jesus saying, Jesus, I didn't understand that. Help me to understand. Jesus, I want more. Explain it to me. Keep doing that and you will bear fruit. It's one of the, the biggest privileges of, of uh, being a, a pastor in this church that I get to see something of that in lots of your lives. And I, I've been here just over four years and it's just been a great joy to see so many of you doing this, listening to Jesus, receiving his word, thinking about it and growing and bearing fruit. Not through anything special, just the ordinary sowing of God's word as you listen to it each day. I'm so grateful to God for the encouragement I get from being here where I get to see that in your lives. Just keep doing it. Keep listening. Keep holding it fast. Keep putting it into practice.
Because secondly, and much more briefly, Jesus tells us you've got to use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Because Jesus doesn't just want us to hear him. He wants us to listen. But even more than that, Jesus doesn't just want us to listen. He also wants us to put it into practice. Verse 21. Otherwise, what's the point? Jesus says to listen without putting it into practice, but like having a lamp and sticking it under a bed. Why would you do that? If you have a lamp, you're meant to get it out in the open so that you can see by it. And in the same way, if you have listened to Jesus' teaching, you're meant to put it into practice so that you can live by it. So you do need to do verse 18. You need to consider carefully how you listen because one day everything is going to be brought out into the open. One day everything will be laid bare before Jesus to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. And we will be judged in part on how we listened to Jesus. And he knows. You can hide it from me, but you can't hide it from him. So consider carefully how you listen. And then, use it or lose it. What Jesus says in verse 18 is actually a great encouragement. Because Jesus' promise is that if you listen... If you try to put into practice what you're hearing from Jesus, living by his light, you will be abundantly blessed. God will give you more, more understanding, more fruit, more life, more love in your relationship with him and with others. But it's also a gracious warning. Use it or lose Because if you don't really listen, if you don't really seek to put it into practice and live by it, you'll find that even what you think you know and have will be taken away. See, when it comes to Jesus, none of us are ever just standing still. When you hear God's word, it is changing you for better or worse. You're either growing or you're withering. Less understanding, less fruit, less love, until it's all gone. You've got to use it or lose it. It's the thing about listening, isn't it? Listening's never just a one-time thing. Um, it's no good me saying to Rach, I listened to you last week, why do I have to listen to you this week? It's the same with Jesus. No good looking back on some past moment and saying, I listened to Jesus then. I responded to Jesus then. No, 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 it doesn't matter. What about today? Today, are you listening to Jesus? Today, are you responding to Jesus? Today, are you trying to put it into practice? You have to keep on doing it. You have to use it or lose it, Jesus says. Jesus says that's how you can tell who's in his family or not, verse 21. My mother and brothers, well, they're the people who hear God's word and put it into practice. You might live in a house with a million Bibles. You might come to church every single week. You might hear the best preaching, have someone meet with you even to read the Bible one-to-one. All of those things, amazing privileges. But you can do all of that and never really listen. And you show 
you're not really in God's family. It's not enough just to come on a Sunday to hear it. You have to actually listen. You have to put it into practice. Because that's what gets you into Jesus' family. That, that's the mark of someone who's in Jesus' family. Listening. Putting it into practice. If that's you, you can be really confident that you're in Jesus' family. If it's not, chances are you're still outside Jesus' family. Consider carefully how you listen. So how's your listening? You a good listener? What needs to change in, in how you listen to God's word? Ask him to help you. Ask him for this good and noble heart that listens and responds and puts it into practice. Jesus loves to answer that kind of prayer. So that by patient, persevering listening, you can bear fruit and enjoy life in his family. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that uh, even today, by your spirit, you still continue to speak to us. And Lord, we, we want to pray that each of us would have those good soil hearts ready to listen, eager to listen, to want more from you. To hold it fast, to think about it, and to put it into practice in our lives. And Lord, we, we pray that as we do that, you would bear fruit in our lives personally, in the life of our whole church. your glory.